Connell Tribune, November 2017. Mary Comerford, her memories of 1916. Now that the dust has settled over the commemorations for 1916, what did it mean to all of us? I was fortunate to meet Mary Comerford in 1976, just a few years before she passed. She signed a copy of her book, The First Doyle, for me, a procession I proudly have to this day. She personified Easter week. This is her story. I strolled up the leafy lane in Sandyford back in 76 to visit an old lady in the autumn of her long life. But this wasn't any old lady. Her name was Mary Comerford. And in the year of the 60th anniversary of Easter week, she had more memories than most. For me, she personified Easter week and for the three hours I spent with her that autumnal October afternoon, she brought to life the most important seven days in modern Irish history. In her little living room, I sat back and let her memories wash over me. It was incredible. Like the old woman in the Titanic film when she related her story to the astonished onlookers, her mind wandered back to that fateful night in April 1912 when the big boat built in Belfast hit an even bigger iceberg. So looking into Mary Comerford's eyes as she talked, I could see that she too was transported back in time to Easter's 1916, the first Doyle 1919, four courts in 22. This was living history and I was privileged to be part of it. This wee old woman who just liked anyone, looked like anyone's granny is the personification of the revolutionary period for me. She was a runner at the GPO after already having volunteered to help Countess Markovich at Stevens Green. She was an election worker in the Sinn Féin Landside general election victory in 1918. A secretary note taker in the mansion house for the meeting of the first Doyle in January 1919. A common man volunteer during the War of Independence and was in the four courts with the anti-treaty forces as it was attacked to start the civil war. And although she would make her way safely from the bombardment, she would eventually spend time in Mountjoy in 1923, twice in hunger strike, as the Republican dream of a republic deferred temporarily to Collins' steps to freedom. In every major event during the revolutionary period, this little old lady was present, and not as a casual observer. She was up to her neck in it, as she said herself. It was incredible stuff. I just sat there gobsmacked by what I was hearing and all the time I just looked into your eyes. Still bright after all these years, but tired and deep set amid the wrinkled face. But there was a defense in those eyes, whilst paradoxically she carried with her a general melancholy that the great euphoria of the period never delivered the Republic, but became subdued in the destructive horror and sadness of civil war and partition. I sat in awe as she talked about the personalities involved, not name dropping, she just knew these people who became household names as ordinary guys and doing extraordinary things in extraordinary times. She knew them all, Connolly and Pierce, Countess Markovich, Rory O'Connor, Liam Mellows, Collins himself, De Valera. She was a courier for Collins during the Tan War and a vital link between the Four Chords garrison and Dev as the Civil War loomed, and which led to her comforting a wounded and dying Cattle after his desperate defiant actions 
Her words described the scene over 50 years later left nothing in her pride for the man and sadness in the death of an Irish soldier by fellow Irishman. She held Bruce's hand as his life ebbed away after he was shot near the Gresham. In later years, she was a journalist with the Irish press, although she disliked Dev. And on the morning of the 5th of May, 1981, she was to be seen on O'Connell Street Bridge with her black flag in tribute to the passing of Bobby Sands. In conclusion, it was a wonderful few hours in her presence. I just felt so humbled to be able to share her memories of the period and indeed totally inadequate in my appreciation of times that were in it and the amazing people who give everything to deliver a free, sovereign republic which we are proud to live in today. As I thought about her today at the remove of more than 50 years amidst commemorating the 100th anniversary of the Easter Rebellion last year, I have prayed in the sacrifice of her generation who took on the might of the British Empire and won. It might have been the Republic that they set out to achieve, or that enshrined in the proclamation. And I still remember the sadness in her voice as she recalled the terrible feelings of despair during the Civil War, as the realisation dawned that the dream was over. I left her with a sad heart knowing that her days were short, but in part knowing that they had delivered freedom to achieve freedom, and that at the end of the day maybe that's all we ever wanted.